BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, it's Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, and the host of Friend of a Friend a show where we sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring conversations about building something from the ground up. Today's guest is Holly Thaggard, the founder of Supergoop, the first and only lifestyle brand 100% dedicated to UV protection. After one of her close friends was diagnosed with skin cancer at 30 years old, Holly set out to change the way the world thinks about SPF through clean, feel-good, highly innovative formulas. She launched Supergoop in 2007, and is now scaled to a full protective skincare line of primers, highlighters, moisturizers, eyeshadows, and makeup setting powders and sprays. Supergoop has been included in Allure's best of beauty list six years in a row. It's the number one SPF at Sephora, and they sell one of their best-selling unscreen sunscreen SPF 40s every 20 seconds. Holly has dedicated the past 13 years of her life to developing new ways to include SPF in all of our favorite products that have traditionally never been made for our skin's health in mind. She's advocated for skin health in D.C. and has created a global community of SPF superfans. In this episode, Holly tells us about their latest launch, the reimagination of their cult favorite CC cream, now known as the CC Screen, which now comes in 15 new shades. We also talk about how she went from a school teacher to be the face of the global reconception of SPF, her best advice for entrepreneurs, and her thoughts on everything from blue light to vitamin D and more. Here's my friend, Holly Thaggard. I am so excited to have you on the show today. I've been such a big fan of Supergoop for years, and I love the message behind the brand. The product is incredible. So thank you so much again for coming on. We are so excited to hear from you. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited to be here this afternoon. So I always start every show, since we are called Friend of a Friend, I like to pose the hypothetical question of, we are best friends. What's on your mind this week? My... Son went back to school. He's 12, and my daughter starts school tomorrow face to face. So, this week has been like this huge celebration around our house because the kids are dying to go back to school. I totally get that. I feel like everybody is going through the craziest shifts right now. So, like any semblance of normalcy is like the most exciting thing of all time. Absolutely. Um, And we're excited to have them out of the house. (laughs) I took my first work trip this week, and it was like, like, that's what's been on my mind where it's like just you know, feeling some sort of normalcy and getting out there in a really as safely as you possibly can and just reconnecting to like the outside world. I think, you know, being in the office and I've been coming in and nobody else has, we haven't gone back to work, but it's a little bit difficult not seeing all my friendly faces and 
my super good family around me because everyone's still remote. So yeah, I can imagine. So for everybody just tuning in, I'm on a Zoom call with Holly Thaggard. She is the founder of Supergoop. Can you tell us uh, where you grew up and where you live now? Yeah, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I moved to Texas, to Dallas uh, after college and met my husband there. And he's from San Antonio. And we moved here about, gosh, nine years ago. Wow. So you've been there for a while. I have. We had both of our children in Dallas. And then we moved here shortly after our son was born. I was starting to travel a lot with Supergoop and his family being here made things a little bit easier because we didn't have family in Dallas. What was your upbringing in Baton Rouge like? You know, I was very, always very entrepreneurial, to be honest. I was creating businesses and I love to create and ideas come to me and I love to turn them into businesses. And um, I mean, I started like a locker shelf company and I think I was in like seventh grade before locker shelves were a thing because now you can get them at the container store. You know, just always had ideas and, and knew that I wanted to build something. I'm also real organized and I love supplies. I think I got into wanting to be a teacher and study um, in school to be a teacher because I just loved pencils. I still do. And supplies like school supplies and things like that. But And I'm still teaching. I just have the world as my audience, right? (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's amazing. I I remember so like fondly as a kid, like my favorite thing to do was like the day before school started and go and like go back to school shopping and get all my pencils, my pens. Like it's honestly one of my favorite childhood memories. Totally. My daughter knows that if we go to the, the container store and I just can't say no to the container store, my mom and sister and I have like a running joke with like it is Mecca for us. We love it. I have to avoid it at all costs. Like I will buy everything in sight. It is the best place in the world. <laughs> so you were just saying that you were a teacher. What was the impetus for Supergoop having experienced that profession before and then making the shift? Yeah, so I I studied um, music in school and I I'm also a harpist. And started playing uh, the piano at a young age, realized that there's way too many pianists in this country and the world doesn't need another one. And so I, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother was a harpist and I saw this pretty gold harp in her house and said, I don't see many of those. And, and so I, you know, honestly, even in high school, I was already performing. And so I just thought I'd go to, when I was going to college, I just thought I would study music. And I realized that the musicians in college were very hardcore musicians and I was already performing and doing what I wanted to do with it. So I switched gears and started just um, studying uh, elementary education and finished college and got a job uh, teaching at a private Episcopal school for one year. I did that. I taught third grade. And then that I decided to kind of go back to performing, which I did really through my whole 20s. Um, and that's when I moved to Dallas. And there was well more opportunity to perform and play parties and, in Dallas than in Baton Rouge. And though meeting actually my husband playing the harp oh, for a party. Beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah, it was his good friend's rehearsal dinner and I was playing and he carried the harp out. And then when we were engaged, a good friend of his was diagnosed with skin cancer. And my college friend was going through her residency in dermatology and started talking about SPF and just like, how did this happen to my friend? You know, what I learned was that, you know, it's that every single day exposure to to UV rays that is cumulative and ultimately 
for most people doesn't turn into skin cancer until much later in life. But for my friend, it happened early. And it also, for me, I started thinking about, gosh, that could have just as easily have been me. I have blonde hair and blue eyes and I'm vulnerable um, with fair skin to the sun. And just again, going back to sort of always liking to create and look for white space and things, I started looking at the SPF category and it was so sleepy. It was, there was, you know, only like an SPF 5, 10, 20, 50, 100. And there were at this time in 2005, there were not even, you know, mists that we see today sprays. Um, it was just lotion. And often the chemical formulas felt real sticky and um, the mineral formulas were thick and pasty. And I was just like, I, I started, my mind just started racing about like, gosh, if we need to wear SPF every single day, how do we, how do we get a world to do that when there's no product available that feels amazing and that is full of healthy ingredients? We'll be right back after the break. For all of my listeners who are wine drinkers, meet Usual Wines, a wine company for the modern drinker. Usual takes an artful approach to making real wine, but delivers it in a generous single-serve glass. It's truly the perfect glass of wine. Each bottle is 6.3 ounces, which is like a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine, which means no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish a bottle. Because of the single-serve format and bottle design, Usual is always fresh, so you can say goodbye to flat or stale rosé. Usual wines are made from world-class AVAs, which are American viticultural areas in California, like Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara and are made with minimal intervention, zero sugar, and zero additives. The wines are low-carb and have zero grams of sugar, too, making Usual a truly clean wine brand. They offer a red blend, a rosé, a sparkling white wine called Brut, and are also offering a limited-production Brut rosé, just in time for summer. I'm a huge fan of their mix pack. For $80, you get a box of their 12 best glasses of wine delivered straight to your home to crack open after a nice long day of quarantine. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com. That's U-S-U-A-L-W-I-N-E-S.com. And use my discount code FRIEND for $8 off on your first order and try your first glass on us. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. That must have been like a really tough career transition to go from a harpist and a teacher, which feels very artistic to then kind of switching gears to this mentality of, of building a company. Which I think is an art form too, but different. <laughs> yeah, and it was never for me about building a company. It was always what I was early inspired to do is literally change the way the world thinks about sunscreen. Felt as though people weren't wearing it. It wasn't cool. There weren't ways to apply that were fun. And honestly, and to stop an ep- a cancer epidemic, to stop skin cancer or to reduce it, you know, it takes a product. And so that's kind of how I backed myself into a company was like, gosh, somebody's got to create a product that feels amazing and has healthy and clean ingredients. 
And, you know, um, so it was really just a like one foot in front of the other back to like, I love to create. So I'd start Googling and, you know, playing the harp. I was just playing most evenings. So I had all day to do something. And so how do you make a sunscreen? <laughs> Who are the chemists out there that are, that are doing this and why? And talking to them and saying like, why don't you use healthier ingredients? And why is oxybenzone in every single chemical formula on the market along with uh, a handful of other ingredients like parabens and chemical fragrances? And I guess I found myself pretty lucky that chemists um, were willing to talk with me. You know, my original idea was actually to get sunscreen into schools. And I knew that if I was going to do that, it had to be in a fun and playful way to appeal to children, you know, one foot in front of the other. It was never for me, like, I'm going to build this company and we're going to 15 years later, you know, it was really more of a genuine interest in fixing a problem. I'm curious to hear where you think that problem really stemmed from. Like, where do you think sunscreen went wrong? Because I even remember, you know, I was born in 94, but I can't remember any of the brands that my parents put on me as a kid. I remember like Maui Babe being really big as a girl, you know, growing up in LA, but that stuff was horrible for you. Like it was like a dark, definitely like chemical-y thing you would put on your body to get a tan that like claimed to have sunscreen in it. But there was just so much bad product on the market and so little information. And I'd love to hear where you think that industry just went wrong and um, where you saw the voids just come in and get it right. Yeah, it was just a lack of education, to be honest, Olivia. It's like, no, it was such a sleepy category. Nobody took skin cancer seriously. And skincare brands were not laser focused on protecting and actually caring for the skin. They were all about fixing what's wrong. And they were taking a very serious approach to what should be a very fun and playful spirit. I mean, look at what SPF allows you to do, get outside and enjoy life and do fun things. And every skincare brand that existed back then was just fixated on fixing the wrinkles and and not preventing them and not taking a preventative approach to skincare. Um, Because ultimately, I don't feel like we're a sunscreen company. We are very much a skincare brand. And that allows a lifestyle of people being able to get out and enjoy life. You know, I think people don't come to our brand to sit on the couch. They have a very rich life and want to live a life of fun. And I think the industry in general, you know, with a lack of education, and I think, honestly, it's a, nobody was passionate. I mean, I dream about SPF. I literally have a wardrobe of SPF that is just ridiculous. Um, ridiculously great though. I mean, it's something that needed someone to get behind it, infuse the products with innovation and be passionate about changing consumer behavior, which is like one of the most difficult things to do. But yet, you know, if you're going to do it, you're not going to do it by scaring people. You're going to do it because you have a fun and playful spirit about you, which and at the time, in 2000, even when we launched in Sephora, gosh, in 2011, I guess, every skincare brand on the wall in the entire store was doctor-driven, serious, highly clinical, all the like, my molecules bigger than yours. And it needed a change. It needed a brand to come in and do something highly serious and efficacious and 
you know, literally very, I mean, it's an over-the-counter drug. Everything we make is, but do it with a fun and playful spirit. And that's what is going to inspire change. That's what's going to make you want to put super goop in every one of your Instagram posts. And and of course, feel good. We can't forget because if it's not a luxurious experience, if the products don't feel amazing on the skin, I mean, there's, I, I want to put our body better on before bed every night. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk all about Supergoop's latest exciting launch and get an insider's thoughts on some of beauty's most trending topics. Support for Friend of a Friend is brought to you by Incipio. Founded in 1999, Incipio was born with a love for tech and the then novel idea to protect your phone. Now, 20 years later, they're still innovating and designing cases with us in mind. Incipio's new eco-friendly Organicore collection protects the planet and your phone. Is there anything worse than that moment that you drop your phone and you rush over to pick it up and pray that there's not a crack or your phone isn't ruined? Organicore cases protect your phone up to six feet. So say goodbye to that anxiety. Plus, Organicore is the perfect next step to becoming more eco-friendly because we all know that it's the changes that we make at home, big or small, that add up to make a real difference. Organicore is made up of 100% compostable materials that reduce landfill waste by re-entering the environment from where it started, from plant to case to earth. For those on the go, Organicore cases are also wireless charging compatible, and there's a lifetime warranty, so they've got you covered. And it doesn't have to stop at your phone. They also make AirPod cases, which all come in seven neutral colors that match everything. Plus, don't forget to recycle the packaging after you get your new case on your phone, as all Organicore packaging is 100% recyclable with eco-friendly water-based ink. You can purchase Organicore cases online at verizon.com or your local Verizon store. But if you want to get 20% off and free shipping... Go to incipio.com, that's I-N-C-I-P-I-O, and use the code FRIEND at checkout. That's 20% off and free shipping at incipio.com with the code FRIEND. Now let's get back to the show. So everything you're saying now is what the ethos of the brand has become. But my listeners know I love a pivot story. And you mentioned earlier that your goal originally was to put it in local public schools, but that didn't end up happening can you talk us through that pivoting phase of building Supergoop and how you overcame it and what kind of a, your, your goal was after that? Sure. I mean, I think all entrepreneurs um, have to be easily able to embrace change. And, and again, that original idea of going into schools completely didn't happen because I learned that sunscreen as an over-the-counter drug was prohibited on school campuses. Um, it was thought very much like Advil Crazy. or crazy. And, you know, what's even crazier is that every time I tell that story, everybody's like, what? It's so crazy. I can't believe that law would exist. And at the time, back in 2005, California had carved out a policy to allow sunscreen in schools. So I knew that change could happen, but I knew also it was going to take a while. It's not easy to go um, and immediately change state laws in this entire country around something that's needs, you know, I knew it was going to take a lot of years on Capitol Hill talking to representatives. And so I had to put that on the back burner for a minute and really switch to, well, I've still got a very important job to do. How, how am I going to do it? And, and what does retail look like? Because that to me seemed like uh, how I was going to build the brand and get it into the homes of families with children everywhere. And I made a commitment to myself to continue working with as many people that would listen to me and encouraging states to change the laws that existed or at least carve a policy out as it related to sunscreen. Along the way, I've been very successful. Texas was the, the second state to change 
New York was the third, and we're up to, gosh, 25 or so states now that will actually allow sunscreen in schools. So it's actually fun to pivot again back and, and be that brand that can help donate to schools everywhere across the country and, and actually fund it because of the 10 years that I spent building the brand at retail and have the retail partners that have allowed the brand to grow and, and fund a program like Ounce by Ounce. So that's so amazing. a very exciting thing. But I think always entrepreneurs have to realize that um, pivoting is just part of the journey. We've had so many amazing pivot stories on here, and I always find them to be the most inspiring because it must be challenging to you know have a goal and, and work so hard to achieve that goal. And then all of a sudden just have that kind of ripped away and you have to really start from scratch. So I think the best companies come out of a pivot and I, I love hearing it. Yeah, I even, gosh, spent two years working on a full curriculum for that school program back then. And um, it's been fun to dig that back out too and, and see where my mind was on in terms of how we best educate our youth. So when you had this idea, what was the first resource that you turned to to get this going? I know you were talking a little bit earlier about going to factories and kind of getting in the door there. But was there a step one in being like, this is what I want to do. And this is the resource that I think that I can utilize to achieve it. That's a great question. And actually today, I would say there's so many resources. There's so trade magazines, but because I wasn't from the beauty industry, I didn't know about them. I think, you know, in the beauty industry in particular, um, you have the Cosmetic Executive Women CEW group in New York, and they're a tremendous resource for anyone interested in the beauty industry to learn. Um, but I think for me, it was really, and again, I didn't learn about them until much later, but I think for me, it was more my education. The resources that I really leaned into were more uh, entrepreneurial stories. And I think, you know, reading the Stonyfield yogurt story, reading, you know, Shoe Dog, Nike, reading Tom's... Uh, My favorite story. book of all time, by the way, guys. Like McCoskey's story with building Tom's. And I think there's just so many great things to learn that will help you as a, as a young entrepreneur. And then from just getting going, I was just, you know, Googling the heck out of like who makes sunscreens and talking to the chemists about like, gosh, why do they have what they have in them? And how can we do them better? I have so many people asking me all the time, like, what's okay, I want to start a podcast. What's step one? And I always say, yes, there are the books and other things, but getting on the internet and using Google and YouTube as a resource, all of those things were such a game changer for me because we have so much access to information now and it can really evolve your concept and really get your foot in the door in the places that you need to be. The more that you research, the better off you're going to be. On the note of researching, you mentioned this a little earlier. I can imagine how impossible it was to launch a product that needed a lot of education. You know, it is. It's like, I mean, if you, if you can imagine if you were a handbag company and you had to first explain to women that they should carry their water bottle, their lipstick, their magazines, their, you know, everything we put in our load in our purse. What if women never carry, have, had never carried purses, but you were a handbag company? I was having that discussion with the founders of MZ Wallace. And I said, for Supergoop, you know, we have to first educate about why SPF. Why do you even need this? And then I'll tell you why. I mean, we have 40 options. <laughs> we have why Supergoop comes after. And I think that's why, you know, I'm 15 years in on this journey. But I think the first better part of the first, you know, eight, nine years was just the education about why do we need SPF and taking those, you know, 
four times a year desk side meetings with the beauty editors back when fashion magazines were the only way to get any press and digital wasn't a thing as much. There wasn't as much content out there and there weren't influencers and there wasn't Instagram or social media. And starting by convincing editors to talk about SPF outside of May and June. You know, that was a big strategy for me. And I feel even, I remember my first publicist said, I will only charge you a retainer six months out of the year because you won't, you'll only get press in the May, June book. And that means we start death sides in January. And then after June, you need to take a break because I'm not going to get any press. And I was like, no, this is exactly the thing that the problem. Yeah, this is the problem. I need to be able to tell this story and educate and encourage and inspire the beauty editors and the lifestyle editors to talk about SPF in January. Talk about it in November when everyone's going back to school and setting up, you know, new um, little rituals that they're going to incorporate into their school year. And we had the same conversations, I think, with Sephora initially when I when I was first offered space in Sephora. The conversation was around a 12-week end cap in the summer. As badly as I needed that space and I needed that big partner um, for retail, I had to sit down and say, guys, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to de-seasonalize a category. And I can't do that if we're distorted in the summer and then we're pulled back in September. And so if you want to scale my size down to, you know, a few inches and give me one product, just promise me that it will be in the same space for 12 months. And then let me go do my thing and create product that will be as productive on the shelf in the dead of winter as on the 4th of July. I really love what you said at the beginning of this, where you said the why comes first and Supergoop comes second. And I think that that is a true testament to you as a brand builder who wanted to really change the world in a way that, you know, people people wear SPF every day now. And I think that is largely in part because of the work that you've done, especially with Sephora. You guys are a number one seller at Sephora. It's really incredible to hear about. Thank you so much. I'm so proud. This year we learned that um, I've gone to nine years of market meetings at Sephora. And the one thing I say on the way out the door every time is, when are the words tanning coming down off the wall? And (laughs) they're probably like, never. (laughs) And Supergoop started with this, you know, one shelf and five shelves underneath it that did include self-tanning and, you know, and, and then that one shelf of super goops grew to two shelves, two to three, three to four, four to five. Now we own the entire wall and they called me at Christmas to say, guess what? Tanning's coming down. Your logo's going up. Congratulations. And I just, I only tell that story because I think it's a testament to how we have literally changed the way the world's thinking about protecting their skin. I'm curious to hear a little bit about what those beginning days were like in terms of, and I'm sure they weren't days, I'm sure they were years, but formulating what your initial couple products would be, especially because uh, one thing I really love to talk about on the show is the idea of learning how to trust your gut as an entrepreneur, but as any person. I would love to hear a little bit about your experience of formulation and how you knew it was ready and how you knew that you were living up to what you wanted it to be. Yeah. And you said, you know, trusting your gut, it's so important. And it's interesting that like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs do have mentors and they, they do ask a lot of people what they think about their idea. And I have to say, I didn't ask anyone. Um, I love I that. Very differently. Because, I love that. <laughs> well, 
you know, if you asked anyone about sunscreen in 2005, you'd get like, oh, sticky, sticky mess. Why would you want to do that? And I didn't want anybody to discourage me, but I had in my head what we could do with this category if we had product. And that first wish list that I made for our first formula, which is still one of our top three formulas, it's the Play Everyday SPF 50. I had this wish list, and at the top of the wish list was everything that I didn't want in that was in every chemical sunscreen on the market. Um, oxybenzone, which I knew was found in breast cancer tissue. My mother's a breast cancer survivor, so of course, if her daughter's going to make a sunscreen, we can't have oxybenzone. But that had never been done before. And every single chemist I talked to said, "You to get your claim to make this an efficacious sunscreen, we have to use oxybenzone. And I was like, what if we don't? What if we try something else? And the same is true with parabens, which are were in every preservative system, also found in cancer tissue. Um, and chemical fragrances were always used to mask the scent of the sunscreens. But I knew chemical sunscreens also cause irritation to your eyes and cause itchy. So it totally makes sense, right? Because back then, the reputation of all sunscreens was that they burn your eyes, they itch your skin, they break you out. But it's these things that were in the formulas that were causing. So I started this wish list and, and then expanded it to, you know, it needs to be good for golf because I love to play golf. It needs to be, you know, all the other things that I wanted on it. And and then it was just like a back and forth with samples. And, and one thing led to another while the chemist was working, when I finally found a chemist that was willing to work on this project, um, because I told him that it was going to be in every school classroom in America. It was a huge opportunity. He totally did it with no charge to me and started working on it. Then behind the scenes, I was like, what does this brand look like? And I just started thinking about how important it is if you want to change consumer behavior to do it in a fun and playful way. And come up with not so serious of a name. I started working behind the scenes on that education curriculum. I started working on what is the logo. I had to first teach myself how to do Photoshop so that I could create a logo. Also, of course, entrepreneurs are good at juggling everything and just doing enough to keep it going. And, you know, I will say though, being, being now with a team of 44, I think, and every single one of those 44 people on our team are better at their job than I ever was. I just had to keep it going long enough to get to a place where I could bring a more expert person in to take over on that job. And it's important for entrepreneurs to always realize to look to your strengths. And while early days, you might have to because you're not you're sometimes pre-revenue, but you might have to do all of the jobs to get it to a place to attract the talent that you need. And if you can do that, when you get it to a place and, you know, for example, Amanda's our brand president, we just celebrated her fourth year with us, but to attract the talent that I have in Amanda, I had to get it 11 years down the road. What do you think the move was on your end or the big moment that the brand had that started to really give you the most traction where you were like, okay, we are on our way. After our, uh, let's see, first capital raise. And, and for me, it's everything always ladders up to the mission. I've always known we would have to raise capital. I had no problem with that. I knew that if we're going to you know, really change the way the world thinks about sunscreen and a category that nobody cared about, it takes a lot of money. And so when we finished my first capital raise, our Series A, I sat down with our private equity partner and I, I remember this day so well. We were in a hotel in New York and and he said, Holly, what is it you want to do? 
And he said, as we grow, I said, you know, I want a team in New York. I knew that the beauty industry is anchored in there's so much energy in New York. And I want to focus, of course, on product because I can't hire anyone to dream about SPF like I do. Product development was absolutely be a big part of my life. But I also want to spend the rest of the time talking with people that I can help help put a megaphone to this message and do podcasts like this and be out there in the stores and be out there um, inspiring everyone that's willing to help and come along on this journey and, and put a, to put a megaphone to the message. So pretty much like I want to be the passion and the product person. Everything else, let's go higher. <laughs> let's go build that org chart. And so it really for us started um, down the path, and this was five years ago, to finding Amanda Baldwin, who's our brand president in New York. And I think that was a huge moment for this brand. Um, it was something I could not have done if I hadn't raised the capital. And I know that's a question many entrepreneurs struggle with. Should I raise money or not? Depends on your mission, how big it is, how big do you want to get? And I think it's never been a question mark for me. So Amanda and I then together um, sat down and, and started working on finding those first people that would help put the structure in place for the org chart and, and be able to then hire more people. And then that was a real changing point, I think, for me, because mostly I had never put a marketing dollar behind any of our product. We had managed to double every single year in size since day one. I mean, I remember the $45,000 a year turned into $150,000, turned into 500, turned into a million to 3 million. I can, I can tell you every single year where we went. But I think, you know, having the marketing engine behind the brand really turned on the SPF magic. And that was, that started happening about four years ago. I think the most invaluable advice I've ever been given was invest in people. Absolutely. People, passion, and product. (laughs) I say those three P's are everything. And and, you know, even through this COVID, that's Amanda and I, um, our perspective in March shifted to our people. And we've got to make sure all 44 of our team, my Supergoop family is taken care of mentally, physically, every, every way possible. And I'm still like on a weekly basis, sending out Rice Krispie treats to any given one of them with a letter or something just to make sure that they know how, how absolutely grateful I am that they're on this journey and helping build Supergoop. So for anybody listening, let me tell you, the best place to work is Supergoop. <laughs> Thank you. I think so, for sure. Today, Supergoop is a multi-million dollar company. You guys are the number one seller of SPF in Sephora, and you have an absolute cult following around some of your best products like the Unseen Sunscreen. And right now is a super exciting time for you guys. You just relaunched the CC Screen, one of your best-selling products I'd love to hear a little bit about what went into reimagining it for the incredible product that it is today. Yeah. So this has been a project we started on three years ago and I launched CC screen. Actually, the original CC cream was the first CC cream first in the United States. So I was watching the trends in Asia and CCs and BBs were getting a lot of attention. I thought it was really interesting trying to merge skincare with color and get the benefits of a more flawless looking face and, and doing it in a way that, of course, has a foundation in SPF, high broad spectrum SPF 50, actually. Over the years, back before I had the marketing engine that I have today, CC Cream took a life of its own, like has a total cult following. I think that 
relaunching it started, I started thinking about what I would do differently about three years ago and boosting the SPF to a 50. The original one was a 35, maintaining the 100% mineral makeup of it. It's just a little checklist of a couple ingredients that are now starting to be watched in the EU. We always look at the EU as the gold standard for ingredients. Can you quickly fill in people, fill us in on why? Very on top of a lot of ingredients that should not be in our skincare. And so when I think about, you know, originally it was really just those five things that I saw that I wanted to take out. The more I've learned through the years is there's really actually so many ingredients in this country that are not clean. And I think when I started seeing some things pop up in the EU on a couple of ingredients that were in CC screen, and they're still in the EU, they have not banned um, the usage of them. But I felt like, gosh, if we're going to take this opportunity to expand the range, which has always also been on my dream list, and I I didn't set out to create 15, I set out to like create 30 or 40, you know, it's just, it, it was just that we got to a really good place with these first 15 shades. I certainly don't want to be reformulating them all in a few years if if this ingredient does show any valid signs of being removed from the clean list. So yeah, we cleaned it up a little bit and raised the SPF and kept what everybody loved about the original CC because that's scary when you're reformulating a cult follow-up product. You certainly don't want it to be detectable you know, as something different than the original. So I am a diehard fan of the CC screen. I'm wearing it now. I have oily skin and it's really just like, usually my skin is pretty temperamental with different types of foundations or concealers that I use. Even though this isn't a foundation, it's really just been the one thing that I'm putting on my skin every day. It's really cut out so much of all the excess stuff that I have to put on usually in order for me to feel covered. It's the only thing I'm putting on my skin. I love the way it feels. It feels like nothing. And I'm actually, I, I obviously am protected from the sun all day. It will obviously be linked in our bio for you guys to purchase. But for those who aren't familiar with what a CC cream is, can you tell us what it is? Complete care. Many people give many different words to it, but I feel like, of course, ours is, is different because it gives you that full broad spectrum protection. It completely cares for your skin. But it also gives you this immediate benefit of a more flawless face. Your skin looks amazing, by the way. (laughs) I can't stop using it. I'm raving about it to everybody because it really, like, I haven't put on anything on my face that even remotely compares to the way this makes my skin look. Like, I would have to put on, like, a pretty, pretty thick foundation for my skin to look the way that it does. And your CC screen is so thin that I'm literally putting it on with my hands and calling it a day. If you guys haven't noticed, I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Yeah, it's real blendable too. And it's forgiving. We have this awesome shade finder on uh, supergoop.com that will help you kind of ask, it asks several questions to help you figure out because shades are hard, especially online, but you know, it, it really does help guide you. And everyone on our team that's done it has actually, and we all know what shade we are, but it's actually worked by answering the questions that we've gotten to our correct shade, if that makes sense. And that's on your website. I'd love to talk a little bit about how people listening right now can go in and purchase it and find their shade. So on your website, you have a shade finder. I know you guys also have the SPF hotline. Our field team, the people that are normally in stores, working on our website and answering questions and helping people find the right color. And um, our care team is incredibly helpful. And many of them are true makeup artists. It's an incredible time to be expanding your shades, but it also really speaks to Supergoop's dedication to diversity. 
Um, you guys have 15 new shades. That's an incredible thing. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that as the product is now something that's available to people of all different types of skin tones. Sure. And we're expanding, even still working on additional shades. Uh, I had several Zooms yesterday with some people that are helping us with particular shades. It's hard when you're dealing with SPF too. SPF is the most tricky thing to work with and actually get the right shade and the tone, especially when you're working with minerals um, like zinc oxide, which by nature are, are a little more opaque. So, but blendable and buildable was something we were really looking for in our CC screen relaunch um, because we wanted to be able to, for people that don't want that much coverage, you know, feel like it's very sheer and it just gives them what they need. And then for people that need more coverage, because that's what at the heart of a CC cream or screen does is it actually helps reduce inflammation that causes your, your skin to be uneven anyway. So it's actually treating the skin while it's giving you the immediate payoff of a little more flawless looking face. It's really cool to see you guys, one, be so candid and honest about the things that you're researching and trying. There's a lot of transparency needed in the beauty industry, but I think the thing that's most exciting to me is that you're taking these, this thing that kind of used to be based in fear, like wearing sunblock and doing all these things, and you're slipping it into these products that are just part of our everyday life. And it's not this thing that I'm like, okay, now I've done my serums and my skincare, and now I have to put SPF on, and it's already just there, and it's a part of our lifestyle. And it's not an SPF, it's part of our skincare. So I love this product. I'm so excited about it. I would love to hear a little bit about your thoughts on, because I feel like there is some debate when it comes to sunscreen. So what are your thoughts on wearing the CC screen if we know we're going to be inside all day, especially during COVID? I know that there's a big conversation and big discourse around blue light exposure, for example, right now, and all of us looking at our screens. What are your thoughts on, on you know, wearing a CC screen during the day when you're going to be home? Yeah, that's a great question because the not only is the exposure to blue light, which as you said, we're all looking at our screens way too much these days, um, but not only that, but also if you have windows in your house, the UVA rays come right through the windows these are the same rays that are responsible for damaging and aging and skin cancer causing, but they also don't know the seasons. Fall, summer, winter, um, snow, rainy, cloudy days. These rays are out there. If we looked at, through a camera, we would see these rays bouncing. If, if you were looking in a UV camera, you'd see them bouncing everywhere, even on a cold, rainy day. And they go right through the windows. So it's not, um, it's not just the blue light that is causing inflammation, which it does. It's also those UVA rays that come through the window. And it's really just the little sort of incidental exposure to these rays that are cumulative over the years that cause your skin to age. Even if you're just going outside for you know, 15 minutes, those rays are cumulative and damaging and your maximum vitamin D from five or 10 minutes outside. And I always say too, like, why would you want to get your vitamin D through your face? <laughs> if you're going to, if you really feel like you need vitamin D, maybe put an arm out there and, and try to, you know, boost your vitamin D for five minutes. But the glow screen and unseen sunscreen and matte screen, those are our, our beauty based layers and an excellent way to get more blue light protection into your, to your routine. You, you select one based on what you want the finish. Like glow screen gives you this like great dewy, glowy finish. And unseen, of course, um, you mentioned number one SPF at Sephora, and it gives a completely undetectable 
you know, you can't even see it. In fact, my son and I have gotten in more fights about it because I can't ever tell that he has his SPF on. And I'm oh my always God, like, that's funny. Well, <laughs> have you put your super coupon in? He'll, he'll be like, mom, you created it. It's unseen. <laughs> that's really funny. But I think you bring up a really interesting conversation that's also happening in the sunscreen world where it's like even people who drive a lot with their hands are on the steering wheel, their hands are being exposed to the sun through um, their windshield or even people who travel a lot and might sit in a window seat, like having the window shade up with the sun so close, like even those things are all very detrimental to our skin health. You have an amazing hand cream that I love that I wear when I know I have to go on a drive. But I love what you brought up earlier about um, the vitamin D thing, because I think I feel like there's the conversation of vitamin D deficiency in Americans right now. And a lot of people will say, oh, we use SPF way too much. Like, why are we wearing SPF every single day? And I disagree with that. But I'd love to hear a little bit about um, where you fall in that discourse in terms of the vitamin D deficiency across the nation having to do with SPF. Yes, I definitely disagree. (laughs) I'm obsessed with SPF and everyone should have it on every single day. I'll say that vitamin D, and yes, we get it from the sun. We can also get it from vitamin supplements. We can also, I I have the gummies every morning that are vitamin D and, and I test my levels twice a year and they're fine. And I have probably any given day, seven or eight layers of, of super good one. So they work and, they, and you don't have to be vulnerable to skin cancer or aging to, in order to get your vitamin D. I think the second part of that, Olivia, that's important to understand is that it only takes five to 10 minutes. If you truly want your vitamin D to come from the sun, it only takes five or 10 minutes outside exposed to the sun. It doesn't have to be on your face. And it doesn't have to be an hour outside in the sun tanning with nothing on. Yeah, exactly. And actually vitamin D after that five or 10 minutes of maximum exposure that you need to get, keep your vitamin D level up, it actually starts to break it back down. So if you're wanting to get your vitamin D for an hour, you, you just defeated the purpose because it's after you get that optimal amount it's going to start breaking it down, the sun. The sun is a carcinogen. Good advice. Um, I'm a big proponent of SPF every day. And if you are somebody that doesn't like to take that extra step, the CC screen is definitely for you because it's just part of your everyday beauty routine and you're making sure that you're also covered and protected at the same time. You are a really big figure in the beauty industry. And I love that you consider yourself to be skincare and not SPF. I think that's such an important distinction. And What is, I think, very problematic about the beauty industry right now is that it's all about output. It's like, how many products can we put out? And I have always loved Supergoop because there's such an intentionality about every product that you put out. And there's a purpose. And it's not just to add to the clutter of the beauty industry. So I would love to hear a little bit about your experience in an industry that is very output driven and a little bit about your mentality about being very intentional about the products that you put out. Yeah, you know, if you, I mean, I was inspired to change the way the world thinks about sunscreen. So obviously I have to think about and be very inclusive of every skin type, every skin color, every skin tone. I mean, what's right for my skin may not be right for yours and what's right for yours may be not your brother. Um, You know, so I think we have to think about, and from a product perspective, I think we have to think about the fact that there is no one size fits all sun protection formula. And that's, you know, been a pretty big pet peeve of mine in most skincare brands that have one SPF and they push it on everyone. And by doing so, you're, you're providing a formula that's not going to be conducive to everyone that purchases it. 
everybody has individual needs and different skin types. And so the way I think about this, and we have, gosh, 40 options now for SPF, getting it into your routine, is how do we think about every concern? How do we think about the acne-prone skin? How do we think about oily skin? Well, what about matte screen? You know, it's a fantastic matte finish that floors your pores. And how do we think about everyone? And so, you know, I think for, for Supergoop, it's not, um, it's not about how do we continue to scale and just keep creating product. It's how do we be a solution for all the many diverse personalities and activities even that people participate in on a day-to-day basis. What is your biggest piece of advice for any entrepreneur, especially in the time that we are living in right now, where we are faced with so many limitations and things are changing? You've got to be the one with the groundbreaking idea, right? You've got to be the one with the like, oh my gosh, I'm going to change the way the world thinks about sunscreen or whatever it is you're, you're passionate about. But the importance as you scale in getting the help that you need. And I've always leaned into whether it's my brother and husband who are finance whizzes or my sister who writes really well, or I mean, I think you have to realize that you have to find the help you need. And that's so important. And I think, you know, even when I was starting out on this journey, my husband said to me, you know, what, what is it, what are some of the things that you're doing on a weekly basis that maybe you don't need to do or that we could hire for $10 an hour? And, you know, I was like, well, you know, I know I want to be present at the dinner table with our kids, but they don't really know if I'm the one at the grocery store buying the groceries. And I've sort of always, thought about things like that. And if there's someone I can hire to do something that frees up me to do what only I can do, it's been a good path for, um, for our business. I think sometimes analyzing the business gets in the way of creating, but you know, I think it's important to, to not be, to not let your ego get in the way and, and not try to do everything and be everything. I am so inspired by you. I love Supergoop. Thank you for creating the new CC screen. It's the best. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. There was so much valuable advice that we learned from you today. And I loved hearing the story of how Supergoop came to be. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.